This is the Go Remote Podcast with your host, TJ Bowser, Chad Chrisman, and Big Johnny D. We have such sights to tell you. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Gormore Podcast. This is your host with the most, TJ Bowser, and joining me today is the killing machine himself, Bobby Amone. The fuck's going on, guys? <laughs> so today is July 30th, 2019. This is take two of the Taurus Trap review. We got half an hour into the review yesterday. Excellent episode, and the computer crashed, and we lost everything. Uh, we had Johnny D and Chad on that episode. Uh, it was actually really, really good, but shit happens, so it's just Bobby and I here today, recording away. <laughs> That's okay, we'll get through, we, it's okay, we had it going good yesterday, eh, fucks up, fuck ups happen, what are you yeah. gonna do, it's part of life. It is, and uh, you actually watched the movie in full this time, so this will be even better. Yeah, I literally just watched it like <laughs> three hours ago, I loved it, right yeah. off the bat. It's so different, <laughs> and uh, Plasterface is the killer's name. What was the name of the what's his name? Plasterface is what we call him. Ah, uh, okay. All right. I like that name. Yeah, it, it fits him well. Uh speaking of that, how how was your week, man? Uh let's talk about that first. So far it's been eventful. I got my truck back from the mechanic now, radiators all fixed and shit. Woo! So that's that's better now. It was a good weekend. Uh I have no complaints. Uh, it's and- any it's always shoots? Halloween around here, so that's it. That's no complaints whatsoever. Any photo shoots? Um, nothing this past weekend. Um, nothing lined up either. Mm-hmm. At the well, no, that's a lie. There is one now lined up for September. The only thing I things I got going on in um, August is Monster Mania, which is the seventeenth, eighteenth, and nineteenth of August, where. I'll be hanging out with you and Miss Tisa Wicked from Wicked Wednesdays. Absolutely, celebrating our birthdays. Yes, yes, together. I'll be <laughs> I'll be turning twenty six. I don't. How old are you gonna be? Twenty six, buddy. We were born a couple days apart. Oh, sh- my one buddy was too. He was born five days before I was born. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ. Yeah, we're all young guys, but look what look how far we've gotten. Uh yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. It's, it's getting there now, you know. Yes. Next thing you know, we'll be saying we're old men. Yes. So last week, uh, we didn't get the opportunity to record Goran Moore. I had a couple things come up. A lot of personal uh, things hit me all at once on Monday. So I wasn't didn't have the opportunity to record. I did get a tattoo. I got two tattoos. I got the Mark of Thorn on my hand uh, from Halloween 5 and 6. And also got a Friday the 13th Part 3 tattoo to... Uh, add to the old jason sleeve uh it kind of looks you know what somebody said it kind of looks like like a stained glass window yeah that's exactly what it looks like because the way the colors are in that tattoo i've seen the pictures yeah that's exactly what it looks like i think it, it turned it's out a good looking tattoo yeah i think so uh and i showed you the other ones i'm gonna get i don't want to really review it reveal it to the people yet but uh the the two i sent in the chat the evil dead one and the goes to hell yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for that one. I love the way that one fucking looked. Yeah, with the with the dagger. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna oh. say too much. <laughs> but y'all, come on, don't say none. Don't say none. Keep yeah, it. Keep yes. it. But speaking of keep goes it in to your hell, pants, man. Speaking of goes to hell, our company, 
along with Adam Marcus, now runs the biggest Jason Goes to Hell fan group. We are at 1.4 thousand members in less than five days. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. We're moving up on the ladder quick with that. I love it. That's one of my favorite films. You know, today I was cleaning up and I, I bought out my uh, a few more of my Jason Goes to Hell magazines. I got the Fangoria Gore Zone and then the movie one itself, along with the card set, the bootleg DVD, the um, soundtrack and all that stuff. So it's got its nice little section on the Jason section now. Speaking of our group, uh, there's actors in that from the movie. There's special effects guys. There's every single person. There's even the girl, the girl that played the baby is in the is in the uh, group now. I was so shocked when I'm like, wow, where these all these guys are coming out of nowhere. I get Adams adding them all in. It's yeah, it's so cool to have the creators of that movie, especially Adam. Yeah. He's one of my favorite directors just in general. Very eccentric, knows what he wants. Yep. So. I love Jason Goes to Hell. I really do. And the writing yeah. for Texas Chainsaw, that story. Oh, my God. It's it's so good. If you remove that uh, do your thing, cuz line, I mean, to each his own on that yeah. one. But the story, the way that he approached that story and managed to make it a direct sequel to the original is so well oh, done. Absolutely. Oh, my God. I can just speak waves about that. And then his other projects, Secret Santa and the Dark Heart. Stuff like that. Also, yeah. great films. Uh, we haven't seen Dark Heart yet. That's I think it's still in production or it's somewhere stuck in limbo. I did see yeah, last, last month he posted something. Uh, who has the biggest Jason Goes to Hell collection or who is the biggest fan? And then he said, what's your location? So that's the last thing we've seen about that film. Okay. Well, I, I, what I will say is about that Texas Chainsaw story. When when you had him on the show, I loved that was one of my favorite interviews. Yeah. I loved listening to it. When he was talking about how they were starting to develop it, but the film is good except for a few things and not everything made it in. If that whole story had made it the way it was in the film, oh, it would have been a kick-ass movie. It's still a good one. I feel there should have been more to what they did right than what was on screen. Yeah. I also didn't like the, the, the affair thing. Like, uh, yeah. Like they're fucking – and that, that, that's a rapper, right? Is that Akon? <laughs> Or is no, it, no, it's somebody that's, else. Um, he, he's some sort of. Like, I don't know who he was. I'm just happy he died. <laughs> yeah, like they fuck and then like they come out of the the uh, barn half naked, and she doesn't even say anything. Like your boyfriend no. just came out of the barn with his ex girlfriend half naked, and you don't say a fucking word. Like I know you yeah, guys like are in a fucking concern. <laughs> I mean, you're you're in a situation. You're getting chased by Leatherface. But seriously, your boyfriend just came out of the barn naked with his ex-girlfriend. <laughs> if I was her and that was like my girlfriend coming out there, I'd be like, oh, we're done. I'd be like, yo, I'd find out that was my cousin real fast. Like, yo, go cut them fuckers up. <laughs> and I'd if, be like, go get that bitch. If you think about it, if she never would have stopped to get them, she might have got away. That is true. But then <laughs> turns to find out she didn't have to worry about it. No, nope, she was uh, a Sawyer all along. She was. She, she was safe. She was good. <laughs> Do your thing, cuz. Anyway, also, oh, I, I don't want to talk too much. I don't want to talk too much. You know how it is. Uh, I don't want to come yeah. off. As oh, evil. yeah. We got some, <laughs> we got some crazy fuckers out there. think you're an egotistical son of a bitch, <laughs> I guess. Uh, but anyway, speaking of egotistical son of a bitches and success, uh, here's a message from our sponsors. Hello there, Caribbean girls. 
Do you like spooky things in horror movies? Cabin 13 has the stuff for you! Check out their selection of horror-themed props, bins, busts, action figures, collectibles, and more. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Be sure to visit Cabin13.com and buy something, or I'll kill you! So listen here, there's a guy by the name of Kyle Shola. He's making hockey masks over there on Facebook. Folks be saying it's the best paint jobs around. He calls his business Curse Custom Weather. We'll just make about any hockey mask you want and we'll weather your clothes up too. Marcio Charlie's Horror Costume Studios. Premium hand-sculpted latex masks, busts, and hoods. Everything is handmade and painted by Marcio himself. Be sure to check out his wide range and selection of products over at Facebook and Instagram at Horror Costume Studios. <laughs> I, just, I just gotta say, these, these commercials, uh, I think they're the best ones we've had yet. Uh, <laughs> I love the voices. Like, wow, this is, I love it. It sounds like Tales from the Crypt. Speaking of voices, uh, before we get into the review of Taurus Trap, I'm in two films uh, doing some voice work. Haven't been officially announced yet, but if you pay attention to me, you could probably guess which two films they are. But either way, probably. either way, we got a movie to review. Uh, so what do we got today, Bobby? Uh, today? Yeah, you, you go ahead. You go ahead. Okay, I'll do it. Today we're reviewing The Taurus Trap, which was made in 1979. Uh, it's right at that 1980-79 mark where everything started to change a little bit. So it was directed by David. Sh how do I Schmoller? Schmoller. That's yeah, that's how we decided that. Schmoller. <laughs> also written by David Schmoller and J. Larry Carroll. Okay. Produced by Charles Band. And in the cast, we have starring Chuck Connors as Mr. Slauson. Okay. Uh, A.K.A. Plasterface. Yes. How do we pronounce that? Jocelyn Jones, that's it. Yes. Jocelyn Jones as Molly. John uh, Van Ness as Jerry. Yep. Robin Sherwood as Eileen. Come on, you know, Eileen. Come on, come on, Eileen. <laughs> oh, uh, don't get me singing. We'll be here all night. <laughs> uh, Tonya Roberts as Becky. You hoo hoo hoo. We, Charlie's Angels. Mm, mm. Dawn Jeffrey Nelson as Tina. Yep. Keith Mc. Keith McDermott as Woody. And the last one is Shalar Kobe. Did I pronounce that right? Yeah, I'd say uh, we're not the best at as, pronouncing things. Yeah, as uh, Davey. <laughs> now, uh, music by, you can say that one for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, music by Pino Donagio. Donagio, I think Close. it is. Donagio, that's it. Even I fucked it up so cinematography by nicholas von St sternberg edited by yeah. ted Niklau. Niklau? Yeah, it's and then yeah, that's yeah that's about right distributed by compass international pictures and you have some uh info on that yeah uh compass international pictures they were the company that did halloween 1978 john carpenter's film mm -hmm. so erwin your blondes had something to do obviously with this because that was his company and they were affiliated with quite a few horror films as the 80s went on, sporadic, but they still had involvement with uh, some of the pictures, which we can get to a little later on. Yes. Uh, released March 14th, 79, a runtime of about 90 minutes. And uh, we'll talk about that later in our notes. Uh, budget of 800000 And as we did talk about on yesterday's show, I think a major portion of that budget went to special effects. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It, it highly was relying on it big time. 
every every scene has some sort of effect, especially that opening scene is literally just a special effects guy's dream. Uh, oh, yeah, it's you want to talk about that? Dear God, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> so uh, we'll get to the trailer and then we'll uh, Bobby will be right back with the plot rundown. All right, let's do it. That Jeep, though. <laughs> Every year. Yeah, that old fucking Jeep. The Chad said it's straight from MASH. <laughs> it is. Yo, MASH is on TV right now. Hell yeah. <laughs> that fucking noise. <laughs> oh, my God. Young people looking Sounds like a bad orgasm. It does. <laughs> a trick. Terrorized. <laughs> Oh, there it is. That's the one. That's it right there. So many mannequins in this film. I feel like I was watching Maniac Kids. Oh, that's a great movie. It is. Shock, you can see. Terror you can feel. Oh, I'm feeling the terror now, Mr. Krabs. <laughs> Heart-stopping suspense that makes this the nightmare that never ends. Ah, oh, that did pretty quick. Something crazy's going on at the tourist trap. By far the weirdest movie we have ever done. <laughs> it's definitely one of the weirdest ones I've ever watched, but I, that's why I liked it. It was something different. Yes. Uh, speaking of different, let's try to run down this plot. <laughs> you take it away, man. Okay. I, I, even, the plot's different than what I saw sometimes. Yeah. So their car breaks down and five friends, not four, find themselves stranded at the Lost Oasis, which is essentially is a tourist trap to people, get people to stop. A strange museum run by the friendly Mr. Slauson. Uh, turns out he's not so friendly. Even though they are warned not to, the teens explore a house nearby. And I learned that it belongs to Davy, Davy, Mr. Slauson's insane brother, gifted with strange telekinetic powers. Tina! <coughs> Davy has a knack for making <laughs> life like mannequins. In fact, his house is filled with them, which we'll get to later. Uh, Davy's enthusiasm shows when starts. When he starts adding the teenagers to his collection, uh, wow! <laughs> this is le- this is Leatherface and Carrie's love child, it, it is. as we mentioned yesterday. Yes. <laughs> and you know, I just realized when I was watching this film, even though this was 1979, he looks like Leatherface from the Next Generation. Like, he does, and I love that film. Uh, a lot of people hate it, but I feel like the acting—it's—it's kind of like Silent Night, Deadly Night Two. Uh, it's over the top. But if you just accept it for being over the top, then it's an amazing villain. Yeah, then then you could be like, huh, I could sleep easier now. <laughs> I mean, did you ever notice that in that film, Sidebar, Sidebar, uh, Matthew McConaughey, when he kicks open the door for the dis- d- dinner scene, he goes, all right, all right, all right. 
Yeah, he does. <laughs> it's Kevin Hart before Kevin Hart. <laughs> but I also like when he gets on the front porch. <laughs> yeah, it's like so bombastic. It is so out there, but it is still such a fun film to watch. Like oh. You just can't turn your eyes away. And the screaming leather face. You can't top that. Uh- <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the limp wrist with the chainsaw holding. <laughs> Oh my God! Not oh. not even. Uh, we're we're gonna do that one day. <laughs> we have to. That one has to be done. Yes. Uh, so Chad may not be here, but he's here in spirit. So we're gonna read some of the notes that he left for us. Stephen King praised the film in his book. Dot. D a n s a e. What is that? Dance macabre. Dance macabre. Dance macabre. Especially its frightful opening scene, which it is. Director David Schmoller. Yeah was startled when the film received a PG rating despite its disturbing subject matter. Schmoller started <laughs> stated it in an interview with TerraTrap.com that he felt the film would have been more commercially successful if it had received an R rating. Now, I talked and about... I, 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 I agree with that because this film is weird. It's got some weird fucking shit in it. I mean, it's not gory, but the subject matter makes you go... What the fuck is he? What is this? It, it gives you that what the fuck. And uh, the next note will kind of explain the rating a little bit more. But uh, it's funny because the Friday films yeah. just tried their best to not get an X rating. And yeah, and this is worried about a PG R rating. <laughs> <laughs> this is worried about that. You know, we talk about ratings and stuff. And let's just talk about part five real quick. Sidebar Friday sidebar uh that original sex scene with deb was like three minutes long and, and they had yeah. to take it out because clearly i mean you hire a softcore porn director and you're like you're gonna okay. get a lot of porn <laughs> <laughs> essentially that's what it turned into it uh, basically was porn with a killer running around yeah <laughs> even though we love part five uh it just the ratings and all these things is just crazy from the 80s Especially this film catching that PG bug. But speaking speaking about that, because of the PG rating, uh, this is what some of the things that attributed to that. The script originally called for nudity, but Schmoller said that he was too bashful and embarrassed to bring it up to Tanya Roberts and the other actresses during casting. (laughs) I I would have loved to have seen his face like, should I ask? I don't think I should ask. (laughs) But he waited till the lake scene when they were actually naked and. If, he, if they'd be willing, and they're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> you can, I can hear that now. Would you ladies be willing to get naked and show it on screen? No. Okay, keep going. Awesome. Uh, a little bit more. Uh, the mannequin who gives the female lead something to drink, and I, act, I asked that yesterday's show, actually was Smoller's then wife. The mannequin originally had two lines, but Schmoller had to edit them out and post, and she never forgave him. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's a that's a year of sleeping on the couch. Yeah, that's the doghouse and then some. <laughs> you want to know what sucks, too? I don't know if the film did really successful. So at that point, it's like, oh, see, you know, some didn't even get successful. Couldn't put my lines in. I could hear it now. Yeah. Uh, Erwin Yablins reported hated Pino DiNaggio's score for the film. It's incredible. As Yablins wanted another synthesized score in the same tradition as Halloween. Literally, the music for this movie fits absolutely perfect and there is nothing wrong yes with it. it's it's weird 
the opening music. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. But when it I was counts. expecting, I was expecting scary, and I'm like, this is just weird, but it fits. It As does. it went on, I'm like, yep, that fits. It doesn't even, don't even change it. Absolutely. Uh, Tanya Roberts insisted on running through the woods barefoot in one scene. She thought it would help her better project the sense of f- pain and fear, which, okay. The result was also that her feet were bloodied. <laughs> As I said yesterday, when we before we got cut off, that's the same thing that Julie Michaels did in Jason Goes to Hell in that running scene. Speaking of Julie she Michaels, she's in any, our group. She wasn't wearing any fucking shoes at one point. Should I use this opportunity to uh, announce a new episode? Uh, please yeah you might as well do it so august 12th i will be interviewing andy block from jason goes to hell or you you might know him deputy josh the melting man Uh, (laughs) i would love to ask about that whole melting scene oh well you gotta ask like five questions just on that scene as official host of the gormore podcast you are now able to edit the interview questions and add whatever you want oh all right, you're going to have 20 questions <laughs> on whatever you have. Yeah, I talked to uh, some of the people that I interviewed, and from now on, I'm going to ask maybe – I only asked 13 questions. I think I'm going to maybe do that a little bit more, maybe 20. I think that might uh, extend the length. Now, if it's like – see, it's hit or miss because like Bugsy Hoffa, it was an 18-minute interview, and then I did Mick Strawn, and it was a two-hour interview. <laughs> yeah, it, it all depends on the person you get. Yeah. Do you know – but for some people, if you get in the future, sometimes you can just look at their film career and know that it's going to be long. Yeah. E- even if it's for one film, like like say if you even got like another Jason, you know there's going to be more. Like if you got yeah. Kane, you got four films to go through. If you got a, a another killer, you got a lot to go through. Yeah. Uh, the opening sequence. Sequence. Right. <laughs> I stroked <laughs> out there. <laughs> the opening sequence when the items fly out of the cabinet. You talked about this yesterday was filmed with a cabinet nailed to the ceiling and the crew were on the top of the ceiling flinging items straight down. When it is shown in the film, it gives the illusion that the items are flying straight out. Yeah, that, it's kind of similar to almost what they did in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street when the, the Johnny Depp kill scene. Mm-hmm. What they did, It's a rig, so what they did is they flip it upside down and they poured blood through the bed and then they shot it upside down to make it look like the blood was coming up out of the bed. Ah, okay. And then what happened, though, is it tilted the wrong way, and then it started, I think, uh, electrocuting things on set at one point, because they talk about it in the Elm Street documentary, um, Never Sleep Again, mm-hmm. quite extensively, especially on that first, well, all the films, I should say. So okay. that was, it's similar, similar a little bit. Okay. Uh, would they have also used that in part two, whenever they have the... Uh coach strapped to the wall uh the balls and stuff i don't when i don't remember them talking about doing that same kind of thing maybe they did i'm not sure i'd have to go back and rewatch the documentary you know who'd be the guy to ask that to i'll ask i'll ask mick (laughs) ask mick because yeah he was on it oh no he was on three and four but he knows everything about these special effects so i'd literally just be like yo how was this done he knows. He knows everything. Oh, he's yeah. yeah. So then he is yeah. So ask Mister Mick. That's yeah. I would. I got a million questions for him if I ever met the guy. For God's <laughs> sakes. Uh, he's moving to Nashville, and he said that he's going to start doing East Coast cons with us since he technically works for us. Oh shit! All right, cool. Yeah, we hang with Mick Strawn soon. Anyway, Tours Trap was based on David Schmoller's senior film project at film school, according to Schmoller's commentary on the twentieth anniversary DVD. 
Okay. Hmm. All right. The Blu-ray releases from Full Moon Features in the United States and 88 films in the United Kingdom, but it's missing five minutes of footage. That means the version that we watched has five minutes of footage removed. Hmm. I wonder what that five minutes encompasses. Yeah. Uh, what I would like it to, this is just what I would, and then you could talk about what you would want. Uh, I want more explanation of why he has those powers. Yeah, I would like to know a little bit of backstory on this character because this is not a movie you're going to get a sequel to. Yeah. For sure, because it it's it's too weird. Even now, you couldn't make a sequel to it. No. It just wouldn't fit. Or a so remake. So I would like to know... Say that again? Or oh, yeah, remade. remade too, yeah. 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 I would like to know more about him. And then the only other thing I would say is probably a little bit more like blood. Just a yes. little bit. It doesn't have to be a lot. Just enough to give you that little, ooh, it's there. I completely and totally agree. Now, yesterday, we kind of had a, like a sidebar discussion about uh, set design. So, production designer... Yes, we did, yeah. Robert Burns, who also worked on uh, TCM and uh, The Hills Have Eyes, both very good films and have some of the best production design that we've ever seen. Uh, oh, yeah. He handled the art direction and the majority of the special effects for Taurus Trap, including the mannequins and their physical manipulations, which, again, we'll talk about here after this. To accomplish the poltergeist-like effects in the film's opening sequence, uh, the set was constructed and rotated at 90 degrees. This allowed items to be hurled. Yeah, we, we've already talked about that. Uh, for the yeah, death sequence of Tanya Roberts' character, for example, a, blo a block of wood was taped behind Roberts' hair. A knife attached to a wire was thrown at the back of her head, which stuck in the wooden block. Yeah, that's, that's not too safe. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you got to suffer for the art. You know, if it's going in, it's going to go in deep. He had the production design to do the special effects. Uh, it, it was a different time then, and safety regulations weren't exactly, how would you say, up to par? <laughs> well, let's just say in 1980, it changed. Yeah. They missed it by a year. <laughs> so speaking of that... Uh, the feel of the movie and the sets, every scene we pointed out has some sort of mannequin in it. And it gives yeah. this very claustrophobic feel. And it also adds this sudden, this slight, I don't know, feeling of, I don't know, like, you know what I mean? It just, it adds to the film and it really allows you to immerse yourself in this setting. Is that it yeah. makes it, it gives you the feeling with all those mannequins. That you're always being watched. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because every corner you look, if you look at the mannequin, it doesn't even have to look at you. But the eyes follow you. It's like when you look at a picture, mm -hmm. the eyes don't move. But if you go up, down, side to side, it's fucking looking at you. Yeah. It's one of the weirdest things ever. But it's also one of the scariest things ever because it gives you that uncomfortable feeling. You're being watched, but nobody's here. And the crazy thing about this movie is that there's mannequins will turn into actors at random yeah it's, it's which was yeah. a great scare factor yeah so italian composer pino donaggio was working was in town working on joe dante's piranha another great film at the time yeah that david schmoller was filming tourist trap since donaggio spoke spanish as did schmoller the director was able to convince the composer to score the music for tourist trap the two would have subsequent Subs sub subsequent, subsequent collaborations. Wow, I fucked up with that one. Uh, including that's okay. Crawl Space in '86. Have you seen that film? 
Um, I've seen bits and pieces of it. I never fully watched it, but the bits and pieces I saw they were pretty gnarly. So it was a pretty good looking film. I just fully never watched it. Okay. Uh, do you have any big questions for this film? Um, I mean, my big question, it, the, why not the R rating and why, you know, just that's pretty much it. My, that was my big question is why not the R rating? It really should have gotten it. And it would have been 10,000 times better. And probably the uh, another little sidebar, since this film didn't get an R rating, probably didn't do well, which is quite obvious. It's the same thing with the movie Prison in 1988. Um, it got an R rating, but it didn't get distributed as much. Yeah. So it didn't have high success. So these two films have something there. It's like if this one had an R rating, it would have been successful. If that film was distributed nicely, the company went bankrupt at some point. So that's why we never saw it until now. It probably would have been a big horror film. They both would have been big horror films of the time. So movies such as Blood Rage and Highway to Hell uh, are films that are examples of that where it just didn't get distribution, that the films were made. They were either shelved and never distributed or they were just put out. Or they just put out to a couple theaters and they're like, okay, here we go. You know? Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, some of the films that you don't put out big, sometimes they get the cult following and then you go, well, why why wasn't it big? Oh, it was this, it was that. And then sometimes you go, man, if you just go back and change that, it would be yeah. great. Uh, what, that Highway to Hell film, that was one of C.J. Graham's movies. and Yeah, he, he did the Hell Cop. Yes. Uh, were you at the Q&A at Monster Mania? for him no i was not but um i did see the movie oh me um, too and i and I, just watching him as hell cop oh i could see it yeah it, i could see i could see his body language in the walk it was like very similar to his jason i saw it right away i was like yeah that's him wait till you see, see right away oh i'm i'm ready to see that movie his portrayal of elias Voorhees. oh killer. yes uh douche of the movie plaster face I'll say it right now. <laughs> I love the look of that mask. Yes, all of them. They're, they're, yeah. They change. Uh, uh, my favorite line. <laughs> Why don't you love me? Why don't you like me? <laughs> You're the so way pretty. he said that. Why don't you like me? <laughs> he said it so. He's like so casual about. Why don't you like me? And what does he say when she's running through the woods? Come here, little girl. Come here. Yeah, and he's got the head in his hand. Yes. Come here, little girl. And it's like, Molly! Molly, help me, Molly! It's like, what the fuck is it going to do for you? You're ahead. We can't help you. And the fucking scream that comes out of the heads. It's like, Aah! Every time they use the same effect, man. It's crazy. It's, uh, that. And that 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 high pitched laugh that you hear in the film, oh, that was oh my god! It's like <laughs> this is actually one of the films that actually Sarah watched with me, and she was even like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like, <laughs> she just, like she's she's what watched the fuck Ma- is this? she's watched Maniac, and her reaction wasn't as fucking intense as it was to this film. So, <laughs> and that scene where all the mannequins are like surrounding. Like they fall on her. I was like, I got serious hardcore like maniac end vibes from that. Yeah. 
the only difference between this and Maniac is the mask and the scalping. Yes. Oh, dude. You know what would be a really cool thing that nobody sells? What if people started making mannequin heads with latex scalps on them? Ooh. Would that not be a sweet? Ooh, yeah, that would piece? be that would be pretty fucking interesting. Yes, and like even have like the, the latex, you can glue it on to the mannequin head, but just put a nail in there and then have blood running down the side of the mannequin head and then have that as a display. Yeah. That'd be perfect. Yeah, have that have that as a display in your corner of the room and see what happens. Bobby, what if you did a yes. fucking maniac cosplay, dude? You know, I never thought about it, but I mean, I could. Uh, you have, I have the, the movie, so I could go back and watch it. Yeah, you just have to wear like a what? A track what jacket? Have to look like a track jacket. Some uh, I don't even know what he wears on like his bottoms. He wears some fucking t-shirt. He wears a track jacket, and you just have to carry around a shotgun. <laughs> or the, I think I could get away with it. Or what is it? it? Is it the little? Uh, it's a case, right? It's like an instrument case that he keeps all of his weapons in. Yeah, uh, something. I don't. I gotta go back and rewatch yeah. that movie. Anyway, back to horse trap. <laughs> yeah, come on, let, let, yeah, let's let's finish this one because if we start doing on that, we're we're kind of screwed. Uh, favorite kill. Uh, the girl who gets the plaster over her face. Uh, mine is the opening sequence when the fucking pipe shoots across the room, stabs him, and then the blood runs out of the pipe. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that uh, I like the plaster kill because being somebody who likes makeup effects, yeah, they got to put that shit on your head. <laughs> they got to put that on your head, and you're already claustrophobic. Can we talk about how he now punches he through the door? Yeah, the last ditch effort to escape. I'm gonna punch my. They do a lot of that in this movie, though. Did you notice? There's at yes. least three or four. Yes, scenes. they do. <laughs> Just fucking let's punch holes in doors or knock holes in doors to get through. No, you never see that in no, movies. No, they're not. <laughs> these these fucking doors are flimsy as shit. <laughs> Oof. I could blow through it with probably my pinky. Yeah. Uh, best scene, Bobby. Oh. I love the opening sequence. Yeah. And I, I liked them going through the woods with him coming after her. Because for what we were talking about before, the sounds that he was making and what he was saying, yeah, it it wasn't a monster's voice. It was a voice, yeah, a normal human voice. That's just creepy. You know what I never understood? Like, I, I want to pick apart that first scene. So like all that crazy shit's happening, right? Yeah, and he's looking for a way out. They literally throw a mannequin through a fucking window. There's your way out. <laughs> that he did? Oh, that he? Oh yeah. <laughs> Why did you just Try. leave through the window? I would have, yeah, I would have been out, would have gone. <laughs> well, there you go, Schmoller. We just fucking picked apart your movie in one. It could have been over in five minutes. <laughs> it could have been over in two seconds. Yeah. Never would have saw it again. It's, it's kind of like if you watched it and he got the boat back. Never would have happened. So your never would have been a problem. So your favorite scene is the opening. Uh, yeah, I would go with the opening scene. Absolutely. Mine is is when the dude comes in at the end and he's like, walks over and he takes off his arm. And he watches, walks up to his neck and he pops his fucking head off. And you're oh, just like, what is yeah, going on? That, uh, <laughs> what is reality? <laughs> I don't know, but it sure as hell is not here. Yeah. So did the opening scene hook you in? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, it did. Actually, before the opening scene happened, I was hooked in with the fucking score. Yeah, dude. It's so. Because oh, I'm like. Ooh. Because it was weird. It was right out there. I was like, um, all right, now I got to watch this because where does this lead? 
Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, absolutely, uh, no doubt. Uh, hottest girl. Uh, Ta- Tanya. Becky. You like Tanya Becky? Uh, I, I think. Or her, her character is well done. As also, I mean, she she fights. She definitely puts up a fucking fight, and she never gives That's up. That's true. She never tries That's to true. give up. You know what I mean? No, they never do. It's actually between her and then Jocelyn Jones as Molly. Okay, I can feel that. Uh, did the score set the mood? Abso-fucking. Yes, abso-fucking-lutely. It's great. It wasn't lying to you. Now, the next one is best song. It didn't lie. Yeah. Uh, we can't really pick best song because it changes and it's literally just synth music from the, uh, it's literally, it's what would we become the norm in the 80s for scoring horror movies. Yeah, yeah, synthesizers and all, you name it. It was in this movie, and it sure as hell made its way all the way to the rest. Favorite character, uh, Plasterface. Such a unique killer, man. So different. Yeah, Plasterface, and then, um, what's his name? Mr. Slauzen himself, because he's, yeah. you know why he was a good old boy? And then you see at the end, it's like, wait a minute. And they do, uh... Provide some backstory. His brother did exist, and he was married, and he walked in on them cheating, uh, and then he killed them both, which which caused him to develop schizophrenia, and apparently, I'm just going to assume, also caused him to develop telekinetic powers. I say, it, yeah, it has to be connected by that somehow because there's, you're either a kind of born with that or not. I could be wrong. I'm no doctor, but there's sometimes traumatic events. Yeah. Make it develop some weird shit. What about so you? So I wouldn't doubt the. Say it again. Well, who's your favorite character? I would def uh, plaster face. Okay, for uh, sure. Was it but, scary? We are so I don't numb. Know if I would say, we are so numb to that. I, I mean, yeah. When somebody asks me, "Is it scary?" That's like asking fucking a pizza guy who makes pizza for a living. Is it good? It's okay. Been making it for forty years. <laughs> Exactly. It, you know, it's more strange than scary, you know, but it has its jump scare moments. Yes. Right off the bat. It has it. Yeah. Uh, does like it, when, uh, what's her name? When, when Becky dies, uh-huh. when he comes in the room, way he turns his head and everything just starts moving. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah, like, yeah. what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> and like everything just start. And then she just see her start dying. I'm like, okay. I could see where they were going. So the scare factor is there, but it's definitely a little more weird and an intense film than scary. But it's still it's got its moments. That's for sure. For sure. Uh, does it hold up today? Uh, we're talking about it, so it does. Uh. Yeah, it hold, it holds up. But I will say this though, you could so be like, yeah, that's seventies. Yeah, like you said, that's, it has that chromatic feel to it. Yeah, it's got that look to it. Like, can you watch it today and be like, yeah, I like this. Would Could you put it in a theater and maybe sell it as a movie today? No. no. Uh, was the acting it, good or bad? I think it was exceptional. I would say it was pretty good. Yeah. For the time, for the movie itself, yeah. For what they were trying to sell, I think it was. Now, cinematography, I loved it. It wasn't the yeah. best. It wasn't like The Crow or anything, but... It was it was good enough for the film. That's all I'll say about it. I I liked it. Like it, it just it gave you that claustrophobic feeling. It also gave you that grittiness. So I, I loved the way the film looked for sure. It 
You know, I, I, I here's the best way to compare it. You take movies like Chainsaw Massacre and The Tourist Trap, compare it to The Exorcist, which is not gritty at all, looking-wise. It's pretty clean, you know, like it, when you look at it. This film and Chainsaw, they're gritty. Yeah. Which is, it, it's, it gives you that homemade look. Yeah. But gives you that fucking terrifying look and sells what it's selling. Not to say The Exorcist didn't. Of course it did. It's one of my favorite movies. But you could see it was clean. Yeah, for sure. A little bit. It wasn't as gritty. Do you like so, the but premise? I, I love Oh, yeah. Uh, so I like it, too. It's just it's so unique and it stands out amongst so many films. Oh, yeah. Easily. So rating. I'm going to give this premise. a three out of five. What about you? Um, I'll give it a five. You you're gonna give it a perfect score? I would. I, I no, nah, not a perfect score. Three out of I, I'm giving. Oh, wait, no, it's, it's out of five. So. Are you, oh, that's five stars, right? Oh, I thought we were doing like no. through ten. Uh, um, yeah, three is probably the highest it could go. I would give it. Yeah, the three is fair enough for it. Okay. Had, like if there was a little more blood. There was a little bit more scare factor to it. Yeah, th- then I could see it being a four, but a three fits this for what it was. It is now on my list of one of my favorites to watch. So, uh, yeah, I-, I give it that. I give it. I agree with you, boss. Awesome. So that's a Gormore rating, a three out of five. Uh, another great film, another great review, I'd like to say. And, uh, man, you know what? Let's talk about the network a little bit. So, uh, you know, do, you know a couple of the shows. Why don't you talk about them? Well, Dubeck Discussion here has quite a few podcasts going on, and, and they're great podcasts. And uh, one of my, I mean, I like to listen to them all. One of my favorites is Wicked Wednesdays mm-hmm. by my good friend Tisa Wicked. Every Wednesday, she's got something. She's always talking about horror. Everybody go check her out. Yep. Um, podcast with Mick Strong. Did I say his name right? Yep. Ra- uh, Rabbit Hole. Yeah, the rabbit hole one. That's always a great listen. The Star Wars do back discussion one. The Hall of Heroes. There's so much stuff going on. And then we have reviews on the website. Uh, I'll be working on a couple reviews. Um, Who normally does the reviews? It's kind of bounces around, Uh, right? Connor and Brandon bounce off of each other on reviews. Most of the stuff you find on the website is either done by Chiquiti or Stoudenheimer. Uh, Okay. Both very gifted writers. Uh, the last uh, article you did was uh, the Three from Hell trailer, which is also very well done. And I think it was one of the top viewed articles that month, I believe, as well. Uh, yeah, everybody was expe- anticipating for that teaser. Yeah. And then the trailer was just released, uh, was it a week ago or yeah. two weeks ago at least? I, I want to say two. Uh, yeah, I think it was two. It wasn't last week. It was two weeks ago. And... I'm so looking forward to that film. I'm a huge Rob Zombie fan, so that film I'm really looking forward to listening and or listening to watching, I should say. Can't get my shit straight. <laughs> but just a friendly reminder, all of our podcasts can be found on Spotify, Google Play, and iTunes, and of course the wonderful dobackdiscussion.net. Your source ah fuck, I just messed up. Your source for pop <laughs> culture and much more. Also visit our T Public store for some Great T-shirts. Bobby's got a sweet Gorenmore shirt. We just got absolutely. Com- we just got confirmation for our new T-shirt design is on the way. Bobby, 
Don't want it. I will wear it. <laughs> NWA. <laughs> Can't even absolutely, say it on Absolutely, absolutely. Dude, what are you doing over there? Come on. <laughs> Get your fucking shit together. We will review we will reveal that shirt at Steel City. So you guys just stay tuned and pay attention to the stuff that we're wearing. It's it's a great shirt. Bobby knows what I'm talking about. Uh it's it's different and parody is fair use, just to remind everyone, especially on a fan film. Uh but anyway, yes. this is your uh host with the most. TJ Bowser, catch us next week for a review of The Lost Boys, signing off. And Bobby? Catch you guys later. Listen to the podcast. I'll kill you in the future. Have a good one.